to begin. This week's partial partial Bereshev, beginning of the Torah. It says in this week's partial Bereshev, Bora Elohim Esa Shemayim, the Esaret in the beginning. The Rabbonus one created the heaven and the earth. Created the heavens and the earth. Um, the land was, Rashi explains, soul means it, in wonderment. A person wonders when they look at it. Vavo means empty. Reik. The land was empty. Vachoshech apnei tahom. Sahom. And the darkness was on the, on the depth, which is on the ground. Varuach elokin menachetes apnei hamoyim. Hamoyim. And the spirit of the Rabbanu was hovering on the face of the water. By Yom Malikim and Hashem said, Yehi Or. By Yehi Or. Hashem said there should be light. And there was light. So here the commentaries ask, specifically the Koyaka, is bothered by the following question. My Dahabe Habe, my Torah Biyadiyazu. What was, was, and why do we need this knowledge for? The Torah tells us that there was darkness and that the world was empty and full of, um, full of, that a person wonders, fallow, the land was fallow, a person wonders on the fallowness when he sees how fallow it was. What's the point, what's the purpose of the Torah telling us this? Okay, that's the Kuraka's question. The Swanam Rabbin and the Siva Shalom in the third piece entitled by Yor understands that the Kuraka's question is the Kuraka's question is is that it's a preamble. This statement of the fact that there was darkness on the ground is a preamble to the creation of light. The Torah says, and there was darkness on the ground, the land was full of uh, emptiness and Hashem created light it sounds like it's an introduction it's a preface to the creation of light it's a piece of information that we need to know in order to know about the creation of light that's what it sounds like and if that's the case says the uh, the Rebbe says in the Siddur Shalom what's the point of the Torah what's the point of the Torah having this preamble no other item in creation has such an introduction. There was darkness, there was emptiness, uh, and, and Hashem created light. No other piece of creation has such an introduction. The Torah just says, and Hashem created this, and Hashem created that. What's the point of this introduction? So, the, we'll go, maybe we'll get back to the Kuyaka's answer, how the Kuyaka answers this question, However, I want to focus on the Siva Shalom's uh, comments about the answer to this question. I want to focus on what he says. He has a, a piece here, an article about a concept that we have discussed in many forms, and we'll, we'll mention those forms, but that's what I want to discuss. And obviously, the discussion is going to be centered around the fact that the Torah, is not only to, that the Torah speaks to us on many levels, and not only is the Torah t- talking about the creation of the physical life, but the Torah is also talking about the creation of the, phys- of the spiritual life. And here the Torah is telling us information about what there is in the fabric of creation in terms of the spiritual life beyond the, uh, the, the, the physical um, universe that we, that we see. And that's what the, uh, that's what the Rebbe discusses. That's what I want to talk about this evening. Okay? 
So the discussion goes like this. He says like this. He says like this. That that the Torah begins with the words Bereshus Bara Elokim Eisah Shemayim V'Esaret. In the beginning, Hashem created the heavens and the earth. So the heavens refers to the heavenly things, which refers to the spiritual things, things that are spiritual, that are shayach, that are pertinent to the neshama, pertinent to the spiritual world. That's what it means that Hashem created the Shemayim. Doesn't literally mean that he created the heavens, the firmament, the sky, the constellations, the the space, the planets, the stars. Right? That's the literal, perhaps. But the 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 remez, the hint, is is that Hashem created the heavens. Hashem created the spiritual component of the universe. This is uh, obviously we know there's a spiritual component in the universe. If you take a look in the Der Hashem, you look in the in the way of God from Moshe Chaim you see. We will see that uh, he says that explicitly that there are, are parallel universes. That there's a sp- and basically, you could split it into two. There is the physical universe and there is the spiritual universe. That's what uh, that's what it means. Parashas Baikim Eisa Shemayim. Shem created the heavens. The Eisa Aretz, right? He created land. He says Inyanim uh, Artim land-type things, which means he created physical things. That's the physical matter, the universe in which we see. That is referring to everything that's in the physical universe, including the planets, the constellations, the planet Earth, everything that's in it. People, the, the physical part of the universe. That's Bereshus Bereshim, Esa Shemayim, the Esa Aret. There's two universes. There's the spiritual universe, and there's a physical universe. Take a look further to Derech Hashem. If you have a chance to study, you have a chance to study Derech Hashem. We'll see that there is a relationship between the two universes. Uh, they they both influence each other. Uh, actually, the physical universe is a manifestation of the spiritual universe that we li- the, 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 that is its existence. The physical universe is able to exist because of its manif- It's a manifestation. It manifests. It trickles down. As, as, as a reality from the spiritual universe. But be that as it may, that there are two, there are two universes. Now, the Ha'aretz, the next thing that the Torah tells us is Ha'aretz, Ha'isa Sol Vavo. The next thing that the Torah tells us is that the land was Sol Vavo. Rashi says so again, means that a person, it means fallow, that if a person would look at it, he would be in wonderment, he would be uh, confused, or he would, do, he would be amazed, actually, about the fallowness of the, of the ground. Babo means it's empty. So what is that referring to? He says like this, That means everything that the physical universe brings along that a person gets involved in. The things that we get involved in, making a living, uh, feeding ourselves, figuring out the environment, doing experiments, the whole universe, trying to achieve peace and harmony and an ideal center, uh, ideal government, all kinds of different issues. These are things that people get involved in, the physical things that people get involved in. These physical things bring a person, resolvavo. Those things bring a person to emptiness and vavo and 
and uh, fallow, fallow. What's the fallow, what's the adjective form of fallow? Before you say, what's the adjective form of uh, fallowness? Not tilled. Not tilled. Untilled. Left alone. Right. So it brings it brings a person to that. He says, what? What does that mean? She Right. That a person will, a person eventually loses track. They get embedded, involved in the physical world so much that they lose track of their spiritual selves completely. So this is what the Yetzirah does. This is the, 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 the methodology of the, so to speak, uh, evil inclination is, is that he tries to get us so involved and so busy in the, our, our daily lives that we lose track of who we really are, we lose track of our, of our spiritual self. He says an example of that is Haman Arasha. You see that Haman understood that he wasn't able to, uh, to, to uh, tackle the Jewish people head on. So what he did was, is he tried to first to get them to stumble themselves. And once he stumbled themselves, once they got confused and, 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 and uh, lost track, that's when he thought that it would be expose them as being vulnerable, and that's when he would be able to destroy them. Exactly like the Yitzhahara does the same exact thing. The Yitzhahara, he says, The, the, the purpose, the first thing is, is to mess up a person's mind. It, the Yitzhahara goes for the mind. That a person, through matters of physical pursuit, will become confused. That brings to darkness. And that's the Pshat Napasuk is the land brings on confusion as the physical spirit physical universe brings on confusion and that confusion causes the home. It causes the darkness to come upon the depths. That a person is in the dark and they don't know where they are and they don't understand what's happening to them and they're not in touch with their spiritual selves. Now you disagree with this? Right, that's what darkness means. Is the darkness means you don't know where you are. You you, you, you lose track and I, I find that also just in general in life that happens. Sometimes you, you start out life, you, you make a 10-year goal, and that's the easiest way to think about it is when a person first gets married, people first get married, so they make a, you know, they make a goal of how they want their house to look like, how they want their family to look like, and it's easy then, you know, they tell everybody at the Shevet office, my children are going to go to this school, and they're going to act this way, and they're, and, they're, and they're going to, my house is going to look like this, and I'm not going to have certain things in my house and certain things I am going to have in my house is going to be study toys, going to be a library, not going to be any television, right, uh, I'm not going to do like my parents, isn't that? And then, and then, and then life happens, all kinds of pressures happen, uh, you know, there are finance issues that, 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 that occur, suddenly you can't afford to buy the things that you wanted, and then necessarily you live inside a house, can't have two cars, you have to compromise, can't go to send to the school that the person wanted to go to, can't necessarily buy the things that, and, 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 and things happen, and before a person knows it, like, they wake up 10 years later, 15 years later, and they realize that they're, that they're, they're kind of lost track of the fact that they were on a track, and that they were moving somewhere, and they were trying to look some way, and they're in survival mode, so to speak. You know, they're just trying to, to, to get by with all the things that life throws at them.
That's called billable. That's called billable. When there is, when there is the, 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 the world, a person gets so involved in the world and so in such reaction mode to everything that happens around them with all the pressure and the children and the community and friends and the spouse, everything together that creates such a billable that a person loses track of where, where they're going. Do you disagree with that? Okay, some people don't have a plan. Some people don't have a plan. But a lot of people do. They they imagine it, or maybe they'll make an official plan. It's not it's not stamped by the uh, you know the United States Department of Plans. No, but you're right. Some, some, I think probably the more you plan, especially if you're a parent and you have plans for your kids, and you, you have plans to live for your kids, which is, they say is a common problem. I don't know people who make those plans. Huh? You know people that do? I don't know. Maybe yes, maybe no. Well, that's what I keep reading. And then, and then uh, like, you didn't become a doctor, so you want your kid to become a doctor. And right. It doesn't happen, and so your whole life is ruined because what you thought would happen wouldn't happen. But even if you, let's say, for example, you start a business, you start a business, and the business, you want the business to have a certain uh, certain attitude and a mission statement and a certain way that you're going to conduct it, and then when, when, when the rubber hits the ground, all of a sudden, you know, you have to react to all kinds of different situations, and then and then before you know it, the business is not running the way that you want it to, and the business is right. And the business takes on an identity of itself, something that you didn't anticipate, something that you didn't didn't think was going to happen. And all of a sudden, you find yourself in a situation which you can't extricate yourself on, but you have to deal with because it became a part of your life, and maybe you didn't realize that it would. Right? And that's the way it goes. And the oil mazeh is nevable. You what? No, I'm saying that the Yitzhahara, this is what he does. Because he doesn't come, attack you straight on when you come as an excited electron. You, you move, you know, you're, you're, you're going to seminary, you're going to yeshiva, you come back from yeshiva, or from seminary, you're excited electron, you get married, you're excited electron, you start a business, you got everything going for you, excited electron, the Yitzhahara waits. He has patience. He doesn't tackle you straight on. He waits, then from behind, he hits you. All of a sudden, this happens and that happens, and you're dealing with it. And before you know it, you forget that you were even still where you started from, whether you're coming and going, you don't even know. Right. That's what it means. The hard place is The power, the natural disposition, the default, the default structure of the way of the way this world works is this way. It's so It's empty and it's shallow, and that creates the chayshah. It creates the darkness. Right? Now, he says like this, Vagaru on me called the worst thing, the worst situation to be in is Etzimadabu who will be vulnerable. Vagaru on me called who Etzimadabu is the main thing, the essence of just being vulnerable. The, the being confused. That is the worst thing that a person can be in. Confused and, 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 and just not, without a plan. That, that, that is the worst situation to be in. There's an alphabet that says, alphabet is a term of an alphabet, and it's about the confusion of the heart. It's all Right. It apparently is a sin. Confused, right, right, that's a good, that's a good alphabet. He says, that's the worst thing he quotes, the maran ha-kodesh mikuvrin z'chusa yogan He says, shakol ha-in da'alma e'mishah v'lishah, all the money in the world is not worth it for one moment, she'ish yehudi o'yemi b'yishu v'adas, and at the time the person has yishu, it's not worth the money. The most important thing is that it, the opposite is a person should have yishu v'adas. It should be settled with their mind. Or b'das and yushevus. 
and they should be they should be clear and 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 comfortable and calm about their situation. Vainu, he says, Shamadrega Gavoya Biyoiser, the biggest level a person can be. Rabbi Hashem is Himashu Yudi Oymet Biyishav Adas. Uvidas Nishav said, a person has this comfort. That's the highest level, is control. And and what's the opposite of confusion? The the antonym of confusion, clarity, organization. Organization. A person should be organized. The opposite of that is what the Torah is telling us: solvavo. That's the, the 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 emptiness. That is the hint here, right? That there should be meaning, right? So, but the emptiness is is in a deeper level, also a lack of meaning. Right. And he says it's not only talking about prohibited things. We're not talking about that a person is involved in shady business. We're not talking a person stealing. We're not talking a person is 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 is, is, is transgressing or, or being involved in illicit relationships. We're not talking about any of that. We're talking about just um, regular everyday life. That is the worst situation is just to get confused and to lose track. Now, what's the what's the solution to the problem? The Torah tells us, right? What's the only solution to the problem? The Torah tells us the next pasuk. By Yomer Elokim Yihar, and Hashem said that there should be light, right? By Yihar, and there was light. What's the light? That the light of godliness should shine in the Jew. That's the solution always. That's the solution, right? This will save a person from the darkness of the land that God says ye are the godly light will save a person from the darkness of the land so so like this and this is a concept now we come to the concept that we've mentioned many times before but uh, this is from a completely different perspective he says when the light shines upon a person of godliness that everything that's mundane becomes the service of the Rabbana Shalala. Right? It's, it's, it becomes the service of the Rabbana For example, we say in the Barachinashi Tefillah that we say at the end of every Rosh Chodesh, it's in Tilem Kuv Dalit, Pazik Hav Dalit. He said he quotes the the Magid me measures the Chuzi Yogan Aleinu. He said this: Malaha Aritz Kenyanecha. Your land is filled with the things that you acquired. So Rashi there explains is that the Rabbanu Shalom Hashem owns the universe because He created it. So what He creates, He owns. But the Magid wants to say no. Malaha Aritz Kenyanecha. Your land is filled with your acquisitions. Right? What does it mean Haaretz? The physical things. Yeah. Right? In the physical things, we can acquire Hashem in the physical things themselves. Yeah? The, 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 the advice is, is to find God's light in the regular everyday life. This is the this is this is what the Torah means. By Hashem there should be light, and there was light. When a person is involved in regular everyday things, the light of God should shine on him. In all a person's thoughts, and a person should be thinking how to do how to do uh, uh, how to do pleasure 
for Hashem. So it's like this. If a person is involved in everyday life, which we have to be, we have to eat, we have to go to the bathroom, we have to set up a, a government, we have to find a job, we have to do it. It's necessary for just structure. We have to have a shul, we have to have a family. A person has to live a life. We have to go to the bathroom. We have to do all of these things. These things have to be done. And if those things are devoid of spirituality, then they are devoid of spirituality. And the consequence of them being devoid of spirituality is confusion, darkness, and emptiness. Because the nature of the Ha'aretz, the nature of the physical universe is that it creates confusion. It creates emptiness and darkness. It creates, where am I going? What am I doing? Who am I? Type of thing. The only way to be able to keep track is the only way is to be able to focus on what, where is the godliness in going to the bathroom? Where is the godliness in eating? Where is the godliness in getting married? Where is the godliness in having a job? Where is the godliness in, 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 in every single day life? Where is the godliness in having a business? Person, if a person approaches life in this way, they find the light that's on the ground, then that way is avoids the emptiness and the confusion that naturally comes with the spiritual universe. That's what the, the Rebbe says. You hear? Fine. And this, now, since that being the case, this is the message that we have from many sources. For example, uh, the Shulchan Aruch here says uh, in, in uh, the Voice of Brachos, in uh, 231, number one, it's the only one. There is only there is only one. He says like this: Im yeshalo lilmoid below. Shinah is talking about sleeping, but then he he continues and he says like this. He says v'chein b'chol mashiyena b'on mazeh any pleasure that a person has from this world lo yichavin anosay. Person should not have in mind for their own pleasure. Ella la'avodah sabor yisparach. They should have in mind for for the, they should have in mind for their for the service of the rabbi shlomo. That a person should know Hashem in everything that they do. You, you know what I'm saying? Remark. What? It's, it's really not that realistic. It's not realistic. That's an ideal thing to strive for. How realistic is that realistic? Why not? Because it's the only way to survive. But he's saying it's the only way to survive. It's the only way to survive. You have to think that it's the only way to survive. Think about time, for example. Think about time, for example. Do you remember what happened yesterday? What you did yesterday? You remember what you did the day before? You remember what you did the day before that? Saying, right, so what's the, if you don't remember, it's the moment of the past has now disappeared and now you're in the present and where are you going in the future? And this moment will be over soon also. Think about in time, for example, it's like you can come to the question of what, what am I doing? And why am I doing it for? And who am I? These type of questions you ask all the time, we are human beings because they're in, 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 imbued with the natural striving uh, uh, for, for Hashem. So, so we always ask these questions about the purpose of life. So if we don't, that, that can cause depression, it can cause confusion, it can cause Bilbo uh, Hadas, it can cause emptiness and this, darkness. This could be a very, a very serious issue. But if there's the light of Hashem that says what every moment in time is for, 
what what are we why why are we supposed to use it for and why is it gone where will it be in the future then all of a sudden uh, all of a sudden everything is lit up and we understand where we're going okay that's probably good it's very warm in here it's good to be the devil's advocate some of the most uh have and they believe that they have very strong sense of self without God, thank you very much. And you, I'm, I'm obviously going to say it's just an illusion, but the illusion works very well for that. Well, it's like this. So for me, where I'm constantly struggling to find this God, or to find myself, my place, in God's universe, and I and I do have confusion, and then, like Richard, Richard Dawkins keeps coming back in my mind, he is so absolutely certain that he is right, and that he is on steady ground, and he doesn't need God, and there is no God, and it's stupid to believe in God, and he has absolute lack of confusion, so how do you explain that? Well, it's like, it's like this, I, I, um, I mean, I don't know, I don't know, but what I say is like this, if you, if we read, if we read Rabbi Dessler, in the beginning, he has a piece about in the beginning of the strife for the truth or or Mechtav One of the first pieces, I think, the first or the second piece, I think maybe the first even. He there says he he has a piece about what does it mean to be happy. So first he starts. He says if we ask people if if other people are happy, they're going to say sure they're happy. Look at this one, he's happy. He's got a nice car. Look at his wife, beautiful person, right? Uh, got a house, the children are all uh, givaldic, they're always singing and dancing, they're blowing bubbles in the air and flying kites, music is always playing when they're running around in the backyard, you know, ideal family. He says, but if you, he says, but that's the first mistake, the first mistake of analysis of whether other people are happy is whether or not to ask other people what they think about other people if they're happy or not. The truth is, we don't know whether somebody is happy or not with this, unless we ask the person himself if they're happy. And also, we have to be absolutely certain, obviously, that they're giving us an honest answer when they tell us that they're happy. So I don't know who's happy or not. I don't know if Dawkins is happy. Is he a happy guy? Well, that's what I'm saying. But I'm saying, I'm saying that... Who, which makes a person feel comfortable. People have it when they don't have to struggle well, with God. people have it, how do you know? Because you see them and you think they have it. All right. I think people who are struggling with God generally have struggles. I'm struggling. And people who are convinced there is no God, I'm not struggling. And I'm envious. That's not what the Rebbe says. That's not what the Rebbe says. The Rebbe says that the light of Torah cre uh, takes away the confusion and the darkness. That's not, that's not true. He says it, it's the other way. So why are so many Jewish people confused? Why are they so confused? They don't have the light. Oh, so we're going to talk about this. There has to be access. You have to access the light. It's not so simple. I think the light is all over the place. You're Jewish and now it's shining on you. It's a spotlight that follows you everywhere you go, like the, the helicopters in Phoenix. What do you say, Rabbi David? The observation uh, I see is a lot of times it's through frustration that we connect. And that is the answer. Because it seems like through difficulty is when we seem to be searching the most. It's one thing that seems a little easier that we ease up on it. And that, I, think, I don't know if other people have that frustration too. 
So it, that well, seems like more, more a disappointment in yourself. And it's interesting you're talking about this. I was talking uh, with uh, someone who's working with Frank and, you know, a lot of pressure on the person to do what I wanted done as far as the job. And finally, they just, after a number of weeks, had had it had it. They couldn't deal with anyone to look. I can't. I can't do this. This can't be what life's about because I was putting a lot of pressure on him. And I said, how do you know this isn't what life's about? I said, maybe this is exactly what life's about. Is it about another job where you don't have to grow? Is it about... So I had to reflect on myself and I was, you know, I put the pressure Is that what it's about? That we can be like that guy who's an atheist who believes in nothing? And I can go sit and do nothing? And I have to be realistic about that. I'm not... The truth is, it is through that struggle. I don't want it. I don't, I don't, I don't want to ask for it. I don't. A lot of times it seems that's where, that's where we're connecting, and even though he's pretending he's not, uh, that he has his wholeness, it sounds like a lot of emptiness. It, it, it's hard to know. It's hard to know. But I the, I mean, it's the, the there's a very practical solution. The bottom line of the question is, is that how do you do it? How do you do it? So it's a very practical solution. It's a question of attitude. Just a question of attitude. By sheer brute force, we have to change our attitude. That's how you do it. It says the Mishnah. He continues. The Shulchan Aruch continues. Says, All of a person's actions should be for the sake of heaven. Even even if they're they're doing things that are that are not a mitzvah, for example, for example, eating and drinking, going to yeshiva, sitting, and standing up, attachments, intimate relationships, speak, talking, schmoozing, for everything. It should be all for the service of God. Even a person is hungry or thirsty, even if he eats, right, it's not, if he eats for his own pleasure, in Mishuk, it's not praiseworthy. Elias Kavan, they should have an intent. That he should drink and eat in order to make themselves healthy, in order to serve the Rabboni Shalom. If you take a look, if you read this carefully, and you read the Mishnah Brewer carefully, the point here is, I believe, is that a person has to consciously make the effort to be, to, to, to force themselves to think in this way. Even even if they, even if they're not necessarily a hundred percent doing it for that reason, for example, you go you buy yourself an umbrella, right? So you buy an umbrella, you buy an umbrella because you don't want to get wet. But you say like this: you say to yourself, the reason why I'm buying umbrellas, the reason why I don't want to get wet, is because I won't be able to concentrate doing davening during the weekday. Can use an umbrella on Shabbos. Right? I won't be able to concentrate doing davening if I come into shul all wet. Person has to force himself to think that way. Even though you don't have to, you can say the reason why I'm buying Ravel is because I don't want to get wet. person goes out for a walk. I need to relax so I can clear my mind because when I clear my mind, I'm able to, I'm able to read a book that's, that, that has uh, taller content in it or go to a class or concentrate doing davening in shul. I'm eating now because I need to eat because if I don't need to eat, then the future is going to be not healthy. Why do I need to be healthy? Because there are a bunch of 613 minutes to do for me. 613. I'm in business now, making money so that I can give it stuck, so that I can support my family, so that I can feel good about myself, so I can feel confident, so I can make decisions, so I can be, I can be a, a good father, I can be a good, I could be a good uh, shul, uh, uh, shul goer, I could be a member of a, of, a, of a shul, maybe even a board member. 
something maybe I don't want to do. Maybe maybe that's it. I'm not going to be a board member because it's detrimental to my health. I can't I can't serve the rabbanon properly that way. Whatever it is, whatever oh, person thinks, <laughs> whatever person is thinking, whatever person is thinking, like they should be they should be for that. You can force ourselves, force ourselves to think in those terms. <laughs> think in those terms. Speak to our children and our family in that way. Hey, Daddy, why are you doing this? I'm doing this so that I could serve Hashem better. Because if I play, it'll be a good exercise for me. I, you know, I'll lose weight, whatever, this and that. Whatever it is. So that, that's, it's a very simple solution. Very simple solution. That when everything is infused with spirituality, then the light automatic shines. Because you're making the statement that you want to have access to Hashem's light. And when everything becomes for the purpose of serving Hashem, then it's very difficult to lose one's weight. It's very difficult to become confused with the darkness of all the mother. Right, no, Rabbi, you're saying, no, it's a physical, that's a physical thing. You have to change your attitude. So you have to, that's, that's an exertion type of effort in order to do that. I mean, you have to, you have to apply a very uh, brute strength. Brute strength. In the beginning, yeah. it's brute strength. But then afterwards, it becomes easier. In the beginning is brute strength, but in the afterwards it becomes easier. He said many times in the name of the book of education, the Sefer Achinoch says uh, in his mitzvah about breaking the bones on, on the carbon Pesach in Pasha's bow, he says that a person acts in exterior, it affects their insides, how they think afterwards, how they feel. So if you act in a certain way, if you act in a way that, that I'm doing this for Sarv Hashem, then you begin to believe that. Begin to feel that way. After a while, it becomes easier. <laughs> but it beca- the beginning, though, is a physical, is a physical battle. Because it, you know, it, yeah, it's, it's just a physical battle. It's not a talk, we're not talking about intellectual. We're not talking. You have to stand. You have to read all kinds of complicated philosophical books and study uh, difficult topics in Torah. We're talking about just real, real down to earth. Uh, you know, physical battle. The reason why I'm doing this is. For the sake of Hashem, I'm coming to a class. I know that I'm tired to come to the class. It's late. I didn't eat supper yet. I'm coming to the class because tomorrow I'll be a better person. I'll be able to down chocolates better. I come to the class. I'll be more educated. If I'm more educated, I'll be able to perform the mitzvahs better. That's what Hashem wants from me. So even though I'm tired, even though like uh, it is hard for me, I'm going to come to the class anyway. I'm going to force myself because that's the reason why I'm doing it. I'm not doing it so that people around the table should think that I'm a tzaddik <laughs> or that my wife should think I'm a tzaddik, which is not a bad idea anyway. But, but I'm doing it because I, I want to I wanna serve Hashem. That's why I'm coming to the class. Right? For, force ourselves to think this way. Is, 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 that's, that's what righteousness is about, about small things, about small things in every, every single day about how we, how we look at ourselves and the things that we do and why we do them. It's not a big thing. We don't have to search for this light somewhere at the end of the universe. We don't have to make a big expedition or find out the cause for global warming or whatever, you know, in the Arctic. We don't have to do that. It's just small, small things. How we live every single day life. Well, it's natural. It's not like we created in our own heads. It's just natural. It's normal. The world, being involved in the world in itself causes darkness and confusion. That's the world. That's what it is. It's the light of Torah, the light of mitzvahs, the light of, of, of the intent of why we do things. That's what gets us out of the dark. That's what takes away the darkness. We're born in a dark room. Well, what, what about Got to turn on the light. 
They have also discovered a way in a different, different other way. So, Yeah. The surface, yeah. So, but in the same sense, why does a person have to have clarity to serve a sham? That's it. Why? Why? Well, so, what does it matter? But, you know, what does it matter whether I have clarity or not? Does that mean something is in the No, because you lose your way. You don't, you don't, you don't, you don't, you lose, you become, a person becomes confused about what they're doing and where they're going, what's important, what's not. Does it really matter if I clean, does it really matter if I clean my, if I cash in my microwave before I use it for milk or whatever? Does it really matter if, if the food is kosher or is, I use this symbol, that symbol, who cares? Does it really matter? My son goes to a Jewish school. What's a public school? I'm Jewish. When they come home, I'll give them, I'll give them a good Jewish education. Is it so bad? What's so bad? I'm a good person. Hashem will forgive me. Hashem knows what I want. I just want them to have good midos. Kind of you know, I'm not saying that you did that effort under all of those things that Hashem wants of us absolutely has to be done. But whether I have clarity or not is not relevant. How do you know what to say? It is. That, that is relevant because that's what light, that, that, you have to have clarity. Cause but someone could, uh, someone could study for their whole life and not necessarily have clarity on it. I mean, that doesn't necessarily give you clarity on it. How do you know that? You ask somebody who's, who studied Torah their entire life and didn't have clarity? Uh, is that one of Ramchal's things that he, you know, the reasons, whatever, clarity is one of them? Um, no, I don't think so. Clarity is not one of them. Zealousness, carefulness. Here we're talking about something different. Here we're talking about that every part of the world has to be infused with spirituality. It's all Allah and Shulchanach. We just read on Allah and Shulchanach. It's a mission in Pekiyavos. All persons' actions should be for the sake of heaven. It's the way it has to go. This is the way the Shin of a Rebbe says in the Devi Yechaskol. It says, the Torah says, Baaloscha Esaneros. So he gives uh, Aaron the mitzvah to light the candles. So Rashi there says that a person has to light the candle until the light goes up by itself. I think we've discussed this in the past. Also says the Shin of Rebbe. What does it mean the light goes up by itself? Why does Rashi have to say that? It's a science. Of course, if you light a flame, it goes by itself. So he says that the light refers to the light of Torah. And a person has to light that it goes that the light goes up by itself. Meaning, even when a person is not lighting, when a person is not involved, in, if I remember what he says correctly, when a person is not involved in, in in learning Torah, they're involved in doing things. The light should go by itself. The light should shine. He says everywhere the light should shine, even in mundane activities. Is an interesting Gemara also. This is uh. From uh, Rabbi Yitzchak Mursky in in his book the Hegione Halacha in his piece on Simchas Torah. So in his piece on Simchas Torah, he says something interesting. He says that the Gemara says in Tractate Chagiga on page five B. Uh, the Gemara tells a story here with Rabbi Edi Avod Rav Yaakov. Rabbi Edi, the son of Rav Yaakov. Is used to travel two months on the road. One to be one day in yeshiva. The yeshiva was far away from his house, three months traveling. So he traveled three months. He was one day in yeshiva. Rashi explains. Then after that day, he went back because he left right after Pesach. 
he got there three months later, and because he had to be home for his family to be with his wife, he went back the next day to be home for Sukkot. So six months he was traveling on the road. Six months he traveled on the road. He was one day in Yeshiva. They used to, the, the rabbis used to call him, the rabbis in Yeshiva used to call him the student of one day. He was the Talmud of one day. Cholesh Daite, the Gemara says, he was, he was obsessed, he was obsessed, they made fun of him. Until the Gemara, skip a little bit, the Gemara, until Rabbi Yechelen came along and said, this is Givaldic, this is great, what you're doing, because, because, it says, he, he has a proof text, to say, Kol HaOisik, B'Tayr Afil Yom Echad, B'Shana Malo HaKasas, Ki'ilu Asik Kol HaShana Kula. If a person learns Torah, even one day out of the year, it's considered as if they're learning Torah the entire year. It says of Yochanan, if a person makes an effort to travel, <coughs> if a person makes a tr- uh, an effort to travel, if a person makes an effort to travel, to learn Torah, even the effort itself is considered as if you learn Torah. So even though he learns one day, it's considered like he learned that entire six months, he learned Torah, even though he learned it for one day. Because he put the effort in. So if we put the effort in to do, to if we put the effort in to, uh, to uh, do the mundane things for the purpose of the performance of mitzvahs, that even the mundane things themselves become a spiritual activity. They themselves become a mitzvah also. The proof to that, he says, is that the Mishnah Guru quotes the Ran, um, in, uh, it quotes the Ran, in Tractate Brachos. The Mishnah Guru is in 70, in 71, I think, in the laws of Kriyashma. <coughs> there it says that a person, uh, the Gemara Brachos says that a person who digs his grave, a person who digs a grave for uh, a person who digs a grave to bury the deceased. So a person who digs a grave, his potter is absorbed from saying the Shema, even though it's a uh, even though it's a Torah obligation to do to say the Shema, to say the Shema, right? Even so. <coughs> Yeah, it's a Gemara, page 14b, in Tractate Brachos. Person is absolved from, from saying the Shema when they're digging a grave. Says the Ran, even if they take a nap while they're digging the grave, if they take a nap, they don't have to say the Shema. Let's say there's five minutes left to, uh, to say the Shema. Person's been digging the whole day, they're not finished, they want to take a nap. So they could take a nap and not say the Shema. Skip, miss the Shema, because they're not obligated to miss the Shema. Why not? Because they're still considered like as if they're doing the mitzvah. They're still considered like as if they're doing the mitzvah, even when they're digging the grave, even when they're sleeping. Because they need to rejuvenate themselves in order to continue to finish digging the grave to bury the deceased. So that's what they absorb from Shema. So even when a person is sleeping, it's considered that they're doing a mitzvah. If they're sleeping in order to do the mitzvah. But if they're not sleeping in order to do the mitzvah, so then what are they doing? Right? That's, that, that is, that the, when, when the, when the, Spirituality is taken out of the mundane of action of, 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 of digging. That in itself leaves in its wake the darkness of the physical world. But when it's infused in spirituality, then it's by ye are. Then the darkness is taken away and the confusion is taken away. Yeah, this is a, it's, a deep, uh, it's, a, it, it's a deep concept. It's so deep you need a, you know, you need a lifeguard's license in order to swim in, the, in, in, in this thought. You understand? Is that, is that you can do an action... You can do an action, you can do an action, a physical action, digging with a shovel, you dig dirt out of the ground. 
right? That in itself is what? Is a physical, mundane action. For that, the Torah says, There, in that action itself, is infused with darkness, confusion, and emptiness. Automatic, as soon as a person digs that dirt, they have exposed themselves to the darkness, to the confusion, and to the emptiness. Right? As soon as they say, I'm digging this hole in the ground in order to bury the dead or whatever, or in order to exercise, all of a sudden it's the next Pasuk, by that action is infused with light. Infused with light means not only is there light, but there is no previous Pasuk, there is no darkness or emptiness, it's gone. So the confusion cannot come because the darkness is gone because of the light that's there. So with what they were talking about, though, so her efforts, though, wouldn't that all be as if she's there? You know, in other words, if, if that effort's being put in, that's what you're saying, right? So everything goes towards that, because it's like traveling to it, so you get... In other words, if I'm yeah. struggling to find what I'm trying right, to find, right, then, then that's also a part of it. Right, then the struggle itself is also a part of it. Right, that's what he says. I'm just going to skip one paragraph for the moment. Is if a person says, it says in the passage, by Yomer Elokim he are, and there should be light. By Yomer Elokim and Hashem said he are there should be light. So the Maran. Malkovitz, Zuchus Yogin Aleinu, if you read this in a Chsidish way, from a Chsidic thought, as a Ramaz, as a hint, you can say this, Vayaymer, if a person says, Elokim, Hashem, or give me light. If a person says that, right, because I am filled with the darkness in the previous Pasuk, what's going to be, there's going to be light, there are a bunch of Vayayor, and there'll be light. Hashem will give them the light. The light is there in the creation. It's in the fabric of the universe. But you have to ask for it. It's hidden. You can't readily see it. But if a person asks the Rabbana Shalom for it, it will come. And so by Yom Hashem, a person has to say, Elohim Hashem, ye are, give me the light. By ye are, and there'll be light. We have to daven that the Rabbana Shalom expose us to this light. Yeah, you know what he, what he says? That's the way to read the Pasuk. Um, interesting. He also wants to read another in a Hasidic way. He wants to read another passage in Parshas Vayera. He says like this, and this is not a good. It's a good point. It's a good question on the pasuk. <coughs> the pasuk says in Parshas Vayera. So this Abraham. I appear to Abraham. El Yitzchok Vel Yaakov. I appear to Abraham, Yitzchok, and Yaakov. So Rashi says Vayera. I appear to the forefathers. Asks the uh, uh, of course, I'm Yitzhak and Yaakov are the forefathers. So what is Rashi adding by saying to the forefathers? Okay. Yeah, you ever think about this point? Rashi says, Hashem said to Moshe, I appear to Avram, to Yitzchak, and to Yaakov. Rashi says to the forefathers. What's Rashi adding? Doesn't everybody who reads this Pesach know that Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov are the forefathers? Does anybody know that? Everybody knows that. 
right? So he says like this. He says the word avos can also be translated as rotan, as desire. Can be translated as, as desire. So what does it mean like this? Va'era, I appear. Hashem says, I appear. El avos to those that want me. Rashi saying, to those that want me. To those that want him, that's the ones he's seen to. And they seek him. The hidden light is hidden from those that don't seek it. But a Jew that does seek Hashem, the light will be there. Boy by your, right? First, we have to ask for it. We have to seek it. So when we dive in, I mean, I, I guess, I don't know. But, but one of the things is that we have to dive in. Is that when we, when we, when we dive in in shul, when we come to shul, even for a, for a brief moment, we have, to, we have to ask Hashem for help. Right? So brute strength doesn't always work. It hurts. It's painful. It, it, it's not always easy to infuse our lives with spirituality. But, we have to, if we daven to Hashem, if we ask for it, then it will come. Right. The others did seek it. They are an example of that. Why? It's an interesting sort of pun on on the word. But it could be with these two. Fine. Yeah. Okay, so he says, and the world was created in this way. You know, it was created in, um, how do you say, in a, like an elastic system. If you pull, it pulls back, or so, so to speak, like an expanding universe. The universe was created in this way. It was created with the darkness and the light. And it, it is dark. And there is light that's hidden. And it's created in such a way that if you look for it, it will appear. It'll be there. And if you don't, you'll be you'll be stuck. You'll be hidden in the in the in the darkness that's there. That's why Hashem created it, because he wanted it to be this way that there should be. Right? It didn't get hidden by accident. It's hidden because the system is as such as that's the way it functions. That the buttons need to be pressed in order to access the spirituality that's there. Okay? Mm-hmm. And at the end, he finishes off his all, uh, he says more to this piece, but at the end, he finishes off by saying that, at the end, he finishes off by saying that uh, Shabbos is a prime example of this. Shabbos is where we take mundane things such as sleeping and eating and all this, and we elevate it to everything in a spiritual act, because since it's a mitzvah of Menuchah, since it's a mitzvah of resting on Shabbos, and therefore, Therefore, uh, therefore, what we do even when we rest, even when we do physical acts, that's imbued with spirituality. So, so Shabbos is, is, the, is the example of this. So I just want to share with you, we'll conclude with this, but I want to share with you the Kriyakar's perspective on this. He says, the Kriyakar says like this, the Kriyakar, imagine, our original question was, is that why do we need the Torah's introduction of the darkness, the emptiness, and the, to, the, to the creation of light? So on a... On a on a literal level, doesn't really make so. It doesn't make so much sense. It's just the Torah is telling us a story, right? There was darkness, and Hashem created lights, and therefore the darkness was away. Uh, the way that the the Rebbe answered the question is, as he said, is that is that the, that's the way the world functions. Is that there's darkness, and a person get confused, and the only way to survive is through 
imbuing the darkness with spirituality with God's light. That was his answer. The Koyaka's answer like this. That the Rabbashim, it appears to me, he says, that the way that the Rabbashim created the universe is, is that the universe is as is, and it will never change. The, the action of creation only took place one time, but at the time that the action of creation took place, ex nihilo, yesh mayin, something from nothing, is, at that time, that's the way it has to be, and it's not going to change. Hashem doesn't want it to change. But Hashem saw that through the acts of the wicked, there's going to be darkness and confusion. That's where Hashem's soul is going to be. For example, the, the, the generation of the, of the flood and the generation of dispersion and the chub and abayz, the destruction of the temple, all these things create darkness. Right? And the part of it, it will be, it will be sometime during the history of the world that these acts will bring the world to darkness that's not going to be a change in the creation. That's the way the world was created. There was darkness there. Right? It's, and it's returning back to the way that it was originally created, with darkness. And through the actions of the righteous, Hashem made the opposite of nature. Is that the actions of the righteous, it could be infused with light. So in other words, it's similar to what the Quran is saying, but a little bit different. And he's saying like this, he's saying that the actions of the righteous create light, the actions of evil create darkness, the actions of the evil are natural, the actions of the righteous are supernatural, and therefore this is the, this is the nature of the world. The nature of the world is supposed to be darkness, and the supernatural is through the acts of the righteous is to create light. And the reason why the Torah is telling us the preamble to the creation of light is that we shouldn't think that it's abnormal. It's an aberration in the universe that there is darkness. The Torah is telling us that's the natural way. Hashem created the world, he made relations from the beginning with this darkness, and the supernatural is the Mitzadikim come and they and they and they and they infuse that darkness with light. Which is, uh, you can look at it a similar way as as in this, what the Nesiva Shalom says. Anyway, that's what I wanted to share with everybody this evening. And have a good Shabbos. Thank you.